Today is a little different than, than what we normally do, which I'm not sure that we have a normal in life, do we? I mean, week to week, you, you don't know. There we are. I think we're on now, aren't we? And, but in terms of, of what we're going to be covering today or looking at today, uh, this, as you can see, is a family meeting. So if you're visiting, the nice thing about that is, is so usually when you have company, right, you put on your best, right? People walk in, you're like, man, your house is just immaculate. Like, does anybody even live here? Right? So they, they think this is how you normally live. And so if you would have come like last week or something like that, you would think, oh, yeah, these guys got it together. So today you're coming and you're going to get a chance to get in our business a little bit. So at least you'll be informed and you will have a pretty good idea of who we are and what we're about, although I don't think it'll be too scary. But I do want to begin by just in terms of prepping us, a man wanted to he was wealthy. He wanted to buy his mother a very, very fine gift for her birthday, and he wanted that gift to outshine all others. So he read about a bird that had a vocabulary of 4,000 words, could speak in numerous languages, and could even sing three operatic songs. And he thought, this is it. This will do it. This will top all others. He bought the bird immediately for $50,000. He was clearly wealthy, and he had the bird delivered to her, and he called her a day later to say, what'd you think of the bird, Mom? She said it was great. It was delicious. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I will tell you that over the years in ministry, I've come to respect the importance of being very clear when it comes to purpose. Why do we do what we do? That's a very critical question, not just in ministry, but in life. But I will tell you what I've also seen is over the years in ministry, the answer to that question gets lost. Or we can just become indifferent. Why are we doing what we're doing? And many times the answer is, it's because it's what we've always done. So that justifies it, right? If we've always done it, then we should just keep doing it, right? Not necessarily. But when that happens, here's what always happens in any group. What always happens when we lose track of why a variety of purposes begin to emerge. So you have 10 different reasons for why we're doing what we're doing. To one person, uh, the bird is a perfect gift. To another, it's a perfect meal. You see how wide the gap is there? This happens in ministry all the time, and it's very routine in churches. And here's what it leads to. It leads to inefficiency. It leads to a waste of resources. It leads to a number of projects that get started but never get finished. I mean, it's really, really, really poor. And the chief reason for that is, is the answer to the question of why was never really addressed in the beginning or over time it got lost. I mean, this happens. So having said all of that, why do we have Sunday fellowships at Midtown? Why do we have them? That's a good question, I would think. 
Uh, we have a lot of mature believers in this class, and praise the Lord for that, but if they could all just answer that question anonymously, what you would probably discover very quickly would be there are a number of good answers, but very different from each other. They're not evil, they're not sinful, they're just different. Praise the Lord, God has blessed us with this wonderful facility, right? I mean, praise God, I mean, I'm thankful. I mean, we've, we've kind of been all over the place, haven't we? But I'm so thankful that God gave us this, praise the Lord. And yeah, it's a work in progress, and we'll keep, keep working on it until we get it to where it needs to be. But uh, it wasn't a small investment, was it? At least for a church our size, we do not have an unlimited budget. That's not how we roll here. But this was a significant investment, and, and that investment was made with gatherings like this in mind. We meet here every Sunday, so there is a time investment there for those who help lead life fellowship from a teaching and serving perspective. There's a lot of time that certainly goes into that. We have small groups that also meet on average twice a month. So when you look at all of that, the answer to why do we have Sunday fellowships, uh, that becomes critical. Because we, I mean, we're making a seismic investment financially, time, energy. <laughs> it's massive. It's not a light investment. So, yeah, we do need to know why. Now, listen, not to elevate us over anyone, because if we're all honest with ourselves, we all would agree that you could put a work and progress sign over all of us, could you not? Starting with me. But I will say this, to the average believer today, <laughs> to sit through what we sit through here in Life Fellowship would probably be enough. To say, oh man, oh yeah, I just sat through life and we go home now, right? <laughs> you mean we're going to go across the street and get another dose? Right? I mean, especially those Sundays where, you know, Kenny's a little fired up. Yeah. Like, I'm, I think I'm set for the month. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's, let's just go home and call it a day. Uh, let me just tell you one of the things I was taught and trained many years ago. Um, my pastor taught me in the Shepherd School of Ministry. He said, you know, one of the ways that you'll know that you've been called to this is that a pastor has to be able to get people to move. You, you have to be able to do that. And uh, I will just tell you that I took that very seriously. I do not believe that I can make anybody do anything, but I will tell you this, uh, my heart burst and it, it beats very strong and very loudly against anybody getting stagnant. I loathe that for you. The last thing I want is for you to get to the place in your life as a believer where you've hit cruise control. And there's no urgency, and there's no passion, and there's no conviction to live for something more than what this world has to offer. I, I just, that is nauseating to me. I know in my own personal life, the, the, the biggest fear I have is to look in the mirror and see the same guy every day. To see the same guy, and I'm like, man, who I was a year ago, and five years ago, and ten years ago, I'm still that guy. Like that, that's a nightmare to me. 
And so I, I, I'm okay with looking in the mirror and having those hard conversations. And when I talk about the mirror, I'm talking about God's word. What is God's word showing me about me that is inconsistent with the person and nature and character of Christ? And oh my goodness, Lord, <laughs> with your help, we got to address that. I'm not going to excuse it away. I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm not going to. No, this is me. Okay, I see it, Lord. Now I got to go to, I, I got to work on this, right? And so that, that's my heart. I, I, I don't want you to live that nightmare where you're saying, wow, I'm looking in a mirror. And I'll tell you what, if that is your story, hopefully you can't say, well, it's because Kenny's not teaching me anything, right? But if the purpose of this gathering is just to be a little church within the bigger church, well, that has disaster written all over it. It just does. I was talking to a very good friend of mine. He's a pastor. And we've been tight for many years. And, and he's, he's working through this in his church in terms of how they're structured. And what he said was, he said, I really like the model that you have at Midtown in terms of Sunday fellowships. Like, I, I see a lot of positives for that. You can... Uh, you can mobilize people for ministry. You can train and develop leaders. You can foster very uh, genuine fellowship. He sees all the positives. But because I've known him for a number of years, I knew where he was going next. And sure enough, he went there. And here's what he said. He said, Sunday fellowships can easily become incubators for a church split. He was exactly right. What we're doing right here in this space could easily become an incubator for a church split. If I got a bit in my tooth about something towards Sam or toward Midtown, and I didn't get that right with the Lord, here's what would happen. I would start subtly undermining Sam in my preaching. I would start taking subtle jabs at the church, and, and this would just pick up and ramp up. And what would happen would be you would start to pick up on it. And guess what you would start doing? You would start doing that too. Because I have planted a seed in your mind that there's something wrong with our pastor, there's something wrong with this church, and we got to take a stand against it. We got to start a war within our own house. And then what would happen, as it always does with this, it would blow up, and I would leave this place, Midtown, and I wouldn't leave well. Now watch this. And I wouldn't leave alone. Because those of you who picked up that anger and that fight in me and that war, guess what? You're coming with me. That's what can happen when we lose track of why we even have this. That can happen. If this becomes my little church, my little kingdom within the kingdom, that's where it's going. God forbid. So I told him, I said, hey, listen, obviously, I'm an advocate for the model. I would just tell you that if you do get to the point where you decide you want to move forward with this, I just can't implore you enough 
to make sure that those who are leading it know exactly why you're doing it, why they exist, and then from there, they are accountable directly to you to ensure that they are not becoming a church within the church because you will have massive problems. But by now you're saying, okay, you still haven't told me why, so here we go. You ready? The purpose of Sunday fellowships at Midtown Baptist Temple is to mobilize its members to live the Great Commission. That's why. That's why we have Sunday fellowships. It's to mobilize the members of this church to live the Great Commission. That's why. Now, what causes Sunday fellowships to derail is when we get away from that and we come up with 15 different whys for why we have this space and why we have this group. Okay? So where's Carla? There's Carla, right? So Carla, Carla, I mean, what a, what a, Mark can say amen to this, but what a blessing. (laughs) Carla is a blessing. Like, I enjoy working with Carla. She is faithful. She is humble. She is helpful. She just does a great job. She's easy to work with. I mean, I, I like being able to say, hey, Carla, can you, can, can you take care of this? And she, oh, absolutely no problem. And it's done and it's off my plate and it's great. So, but Carla likes to help. She likes to serve. She likes to be a blessing. So guess what? She gets to do that in Life Fellowship. And so that becomes her why. Well, why do you go to Life? Because I, I, I get to serve. I get to help. Jason, man, he, you know, there's like six or seven people in this class that he just really loves. I mean, like, I mean, he likes everybody. Don't get me wrong. But there's like six people that he, like, those are his guys. Like, oh, man. So for him, a great Sunday in life is when he gets to see his six people. That's why he comes. And then where's Christy? Christy. Have you guys heard Christy sing? Wow, come on. Like those Sundays when Lifeline sings, oh my goodness, Life Fellowship is the best fellowship, not just in the church, but on the planet, right? So that, that's, her, that's her why. So that's why she comes to life. Now, the Sundays when we don't do that, eh, she could take it or leave it, but definitely when they're singing. So she's always in Mark's ear saying, when are we singing again? Right? So that, that becomes her why. Well, then, well, hey, you know, I'm a pastor, so it's kind of important for me to teach, right? So I, I need my teaching fix, and so Life Fellowship gives me a platform to do that. So that's my why. You see the problem? We've, we've, we have, just like that, we have all drifted. Though, listen, those are all good things but it really doesn't address why. Not directly anyway. Now all those things, they can help and they can support the why, but when, it, when those things become our personal whys, we do have problems. So I have this posted in my wall in my office. Can you pull it up real quick? Thank you very much. So this is what Midtown is about. This is who we are as a church. This is what we are about. This is the drum that we dance to. 
That's the mission of MBT. That's it, right there. And I see that every time, every day that I am in my office. So I never lose sight of why, right? So that gives me the goals now. So I have our purpose, but but that gives me the goals for life fellowship. Well, evangelism, that's soul winning. Discipleship, listen, everybody in life fellowship should be either discipling someone or being discipled. That, that, that's the heart for life fellowship, making disciples. If you have not been discipled, what are you waiting for? What else is there to be about? What else is there to do for a believer than come after Christ as a disciple indeed? If you're not discipling, please, your excuse of, well, you haven't asked me to, that is worn out and tired. Go to the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I want a disciple. <laughs> Lord, give me your heart. Trust God to win someone so that you can disciple them. A lot of people give me way too much credit. There are people in this church who have literally said to me, they have been mad at me for months, even years, because they really believe that I am prohibiting them from discipling people. It's like, you give me way too much credit. Just while we're here, very quickly, here's how it works. After we have a COD class, as pastors, we meet and we look at the pairings for people who want to move forward in discipleship. Well, here's the truth. 85%, at least 85% of the people in a typical COD class are in Kaya. I'm not the pastor of Kaya. Brandon is. Brandon is directly shepherding those sheep. And so Brandon has the biggest voice when it comes to those pairings. Now, if somebody's in life fellowship, I have a much bigger voice. So it's ultimately, I don't have the final say when it comes to every pairing. So I'm not intentionally holding anybody back. My message is, well, hey, no problem. Get full of faith and start evangelizing and win someone to Christ. And guess what? You can start discipling. <laughs> you follow me? Spiritual growth and development. This is equipping leaders. This is why we teach the Word of God in life fellowship so that we can all continue growing and developing. Listen, I know us. I'll be 50 this year, Lord willing. I think one of the worst things that happens with middle-aged people and older is subconsciously we conclude that God has done everything that he's going to do. Or he's done everything that he can do. And so we just check out. We're not trusting God for anything more, anything big. Our best days are far behind us. They're in the rearview mirror. Man, where's that Caleb faith? Or Caleb's like, man, I'm 85 and I'm still trusting God for what he promised me. God's not done. That's what I'm saying. I don't want you to get stagnant and stale. God's, God's awesome. God's massive. God's big. Keep growing. Don't let yourself get stuck. Don't mail it in. God is, you know what God, listen, I'm telling you, it's so good. God whispered to me, this was probably six months ago, son, very clearly, there's a difference between being content and being comfortable. Be careful. 
I'm very content. I love my pastor. I love being under Sam. I am okay with if the Lord would take me from Midtown Baptist Temple as an associate pastor under Sam. Pardon my grammar. I ain't complaining. (laughs) I'm good. I'm so good. I'm not missing anything. I'm not longing for anything. (laughs) I am good. I'm content. Good. But God says, but I'm not done with you yet. So don't get too comfortable where you are. I'm not done. Oh, okay, Lord, sorry. I'm pushing. You're like, dude, you weren't going to stay 25 minutes. Where am I? How much time do I have? Please tell me, be honest. You got about 10 minutes. Okay, okay, all right. You're like, he's not going to be done at 25 minutes. Um, you know, some of you need to be in CLD next Saturday. Some need to start D1. Some need to jump in the foundations two and three. Some need to jump in the LFBI. Keep going. Don't stop. You know, one of the reasons why we have kind of, you have different faces and teaching flavors here from time to time, where you may see Jason or Mark or Larry or whoever it might be, guy, because we're developing leaders. We're equipping leaders. Like it's, 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 listen, I believe deeply the backbone of any group rests on leadership development. The true test of how healthy life fellowship is would be if you removed me from the equation, what happens? Over the years, I've seen churches totally collapse. A pastor resigns and it just just dies. Why? Because everything was built around one man. Listen, no matter how good you are or how gifted you are, how much you know the Bible, just remember this, whatever you're doing in ministry, it's always bigger than you. So don't make it about you. Right? So at any given point, if God removes me from the life fellowship equation, life fellowship should just keep going. Well, that depends. Are we developing and equipping leaders, right? Actively supporting missions, church planning, that addresses that. This is why we support the works in Laramie, Boston with Mike. We support them prayerfully, financially, by engaging with them in ministry. We're going to be leading a trip to Boston later this year. I'm certain there'll be more trips to Laramie. Some of you need to be on one of those trips, maybe both. Let me just challenge you, because this happens. When people get stuck spiritually, you know what happens? They become passive listeners. They become passive listeners. So when someone gets up, hypothetically speaking, which Rich is from Boston, but Rich stands up and says, hey, I'm leading a trip to Boston. And you just tune that out. What if the Lord wants you to go? Laramie, (laughs) Wyoming, who would go there? (laughs) Well, maybe the Lord wants you to go. Don't become a passive listener. Stay open to what God might say to you. You never know. A trip could change your life. 
Okay? Okay. I got five minutes now, right? <laughs> Approximately? Okay. Matt and I were talking earlier about how we do time in life, because Matt said the screen said six minutes, but he said it's been saying that for like 15 minutes. <laughs> so that five minutes, that could be 10, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> okay, our structure. We attend to our purpose and goals in the context of fellowship. Okay, that's the structure where it happens. So we meet on Sundays. We also meet in our small group Bible studies, usually about twice a month on average. The past two years have been very, very difficult for many. And we've learned that that's how life and ministry can be at times. It can be very, very difficult. But here's the blessing of being, or what should be the blessing of being in a Sunday fellowship, is that we get to really experience family. Would you agree that fellowship ought not to be optional in life fellowship? I mean, it's in our name. So we're having some very active discussions about small groups in life, and in the very near future, we'll be having a full Sunday where we devote to address that, so stay tuned. But let me just give you very high level, very quickly, let me give you the goals for our small groups. Again, this is what we're aiming for, personal intimacy with Christ, prayer for the lost, accountable evangelism, right? Evangelism is not something that we should just talk about. It's great that we pray about it, but, but, but what, what are we doing? <laughs> okay, what, what, what are we doing? Encouragement through fellowship and prayer for one another. I mean, this is an applicable Bible study. Let me just say, listen, I... I Whatever you're teaching or going through, that's fine, your Bible study. But at the end of the day, it should fall out to us actually putting feet to what we're all learning. And, and what, a, what a context, what a group to be able to stress that. Okay? I mean, listen, we're not running short <laughs> on Bible studies here at Midtown or, or, or venues where you can learn the Bible. Okay? Where churches like ours get in trouble is applicable Bible study where our learning is far more accelerated than our living. Okay, where we've got this much information, but when it comes to transformation, it's looking more like this. That's dangerous. So I want to just gently ask and plant this seed for prayerful consideration that I know some of you are in small group Bible studies under a different Sunday fellowship, but I would ask that you would prayerfully consider joining us, and you'll have an opportunity to, have, to get more information in the, in the coming weeks so that you're more informed. But, but again, if the answer is no, I'm fine where I am, no hard feelings. Okay, but again, we'll talk more about that. Okay, finally, our tools. Uh, how do we, what, what are we working with? That's prayer, so that's life prayer. Uh, you hear a lot about that. Uh, just for the record, it's, 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 it's it. God has dealt with me about that, and evangelism is tough, especially when you're trying to evangelize adults in this country. It is tough. It is hard ground, very hard ground. I know this. It's greater than all of us, but it's not greater than our God. 
And so God is calling us to pray. Small group Bible studies, we should be praying there. Listen, it is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, it is very encouraged that at times in your small group, you have evenings that are devoted strictly to prayer. Listen, let me just say this. We have to get beyond the fallacy in this place that somehow we are wasting God's time or wasting time if we don't engage in some type of formal Bible study. I guess I would get that if if we weren't teaching the Word in this place, but come on. (laughs) Between main service, Sunday fellowship, discipleship, F2, F3, LFBI, you're not not running low on, on Bible. So uh, we're, we're not blasphemous. We're not ditching our Bible because we chose to spend an entire evening praying together for the lost. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Uh, Lifeline. Lifeline is the official evangelism arm of Life Fellowship. This is the tool that we're working with and sharpening and developing, and it's our tool as a fellowship. This is very critical. The hardest thing about evangelism, you know what it is? It's never evangelizing. (laughs) That's what's hard about it. You can get to the place in your life as a believer where you tell God, listen, I will disciple someone if you give them to me. I'll support missions. Listen, praise the Lord. This class supports Mike very well. Praise God. I'll do that. But God, you're just going to have to be okay with my disobedience to evangelize. I just will not do that. That's too uncomfortable. So I just don't do it. And you're just going to be okay with it. If you think, number one, that God's going to be okay with it, you're wrong. And if you think there won't be consequences for that disobedience, you're also wrong. And this is the thing that hurts us in churches like ours, listen, I, I was led to Christ and I got discipled. Those four things that you saw on the screen, that was my experience at the Kansas City Baptist Temple. All four of those. I'm eternally grateful for how God used that ministry. Not that I'm anyone, anywhere, or anything, but I wouldn't be here this morning without it. But I'm going to tell you just something that was overlooked and it was just allowed. And it's dangerous. There were a number of people who made a spiritual living discipling those they didn't win and going on many missions trips all over the world. When it came to the Great Commission, they were two-thirds in. They just got to the point where they stopped evangelizing. I don't do that. That's not... And if you think... That doesn't have spiritual repercussions in your, again, no way. That's disobedience. Because God tells us that he has entrusted us to that. He's given it to us. It's not an optional thing. But just because it's hard doesn't excuse us from obeying the Lord in it. Will Mata the other day told our pastors, he said, he just led a guy to Christ. So praise the Lord. Pray for him. I think his name was Eduardo. Pray for Eduardo, okay? 
Well, you know what Will said? He said, I've been praying for this guy for four years. Okay. <laughs> Look at the Old Testament and some of those prophets and how many years they prophesied. And it was, it was falling on hard hearts and deaf ears, but they were obedient. Guys, listen, my time is up at this point. Let me just say this, as Jason has uh, some things to share as well. When it comes to evangelism, I feel no pressure whatsoever because I, I know that we can't win anybody to Christ. I, I can't make an unbeliever, I, I can't make them want the Lord. And the Lord knows that. So that's not my responsibility. Listen, I would be okay with us inviting a thousand people to our Easter breakfast in two weeks and not having one of them show up, as long as we could look God in the face and say, by your grace, for your glory, we were obedient. Amen. We were obedient. I'm okay with you evangelizing to 100 people and all 100 of them rejecting it as long as you were obedient. The, the issue is this, listen, this is my last point, is if Life Fellowship refuses to evangelize, we will become extremely frustrated or cease to exist. That is the truth. I have seen that happen in churches that once again, here we go, had phenomenal, exceptional Bible teaching. Amazing. But the people got very comfortable with, well, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about discipleship, and if somebody kind of falls in here and they got led to the Lord over across town, but they don't have discipleship, but we got it, yeah, we'll disciple them. But we're just not going to evangelize. The infighting goes through the roof. I mean, it gets nasty. Because essentially what you have is a collection of scribes and Pharisees. But they're not winning people. If you're not making disciples, you're dying. That's the truth, right? Let's take a couple moments. The person you came with, would you pray for Life Fellowship? Our purpose, our goals, our small group goals. I hope it's a little clearer maybe for all of us why we meet. Would you pray about that? And then Jason will come and carry us the rest of the way in the time that I've left him.
Oh, there we go. Better. Thank you. Um, all right, so with the time we have left this morning, uh, I wanted to take a few minutes to just highlight some of the ministry umbrellas that we have here under Life Fellowship. So some of you guys are probably familiar with some of these. Some of you are not. Um, I, it's probably a fault of mine that I haven't done a good enough job about advertising some of these things, as well as simply just putting forth what we're trusting the Lord for and, and some of the needs that we have here in Life Fellowship. So I want to do that this morning. Um, if you'd go to the next slide for me. So up here, this is just a kind of a, a simple... Um, what I'll, what I'll call uh, heading uh, for our various areas of ministry in Life Fellowship. Now, I want to make it clear that everything that we do in Life Fellowship is under the umbrella of what we're trusting God for here at MBT, right? As, as Pastor Kenny said, we're not a separate church. We don't have separate ministries. We don't have separate goals outside of what God has already given us as a church at MBT. So everything falls under the categories of soul winning, disciples making, leadership equipping, right? Church planting here at MBT. And so I want all of us to consider that this morning as we go through these. Um, so you can see here the various areas. I'm just gonna highlight on these a little bit. So the first one here is our Sunday service, right? So most of you, right, you're, you're involved in different things, but you may or may not have any kind of role in getting us ready for Sunday mornings, right? And, and you show up and you sit down, you grab your coffee, you grab your breakfast, and you just assume that, poof, this all just happened and we were ready to go on Sunday morning. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't actually work that way, right? There's a lot that goes into making sure that we're ready for Sunday mornings. Uh, Mark Rhodes heads all of that for us, right? And so if you ever get a chance, uh, tell Mark thank you. Um, you know, we get to see and hear from Mark a lot, but I don't tell him thank you enough. I, I dump a ton on Mark's plate, and he is just a, a faithful, faithful guy to make sure that all of that happens, um, no matter what it is or how late it happens. Uh, sometimes it's like 10 minutes before service. Sometimes it's two minutes before service, and I'm changing things up on him. But uh, Mark gets all of that ready for us on Sunday mornings. Um, he puts together the order of service. He makes sure that the, the, the room is set up. He communicates with the various other ministry leads, notably with our AV team and getting them all the information they need on Sunday mornings. And then he coordinates announcements and wrap up, okay? So Mark heads that, but we also, we wanna open that up. So if you are, particularly if you're, if you're a guy here in Life Fellowship and you're interested in helping us out with announcements and doing wrap up occasionally, that's something that Mark's always looking to give people opportunities to do. And so, um, you can speak with Mark about that. You can also ask Mark, if, is there anything you can do to help Mark out? Because it is a handful on Sunday mornings that he gets ready for that. And that doesn't just happen overnight. That's something that we're preparing for all throughout the week. Okay. Um, next is, this is kind of a new area. I'll call it, I'm going to call it connections specifically for life. So we understand connections when it comes to MBT as a whole. But, but really for Life Fellowship, we almost need our own connections group. Okay. And I say that because we've got these various areas that are all happening on Sunday mornings. And it's usually Carla or Tony or Rachel or myself or somebody else scrambling to try to cover 10 different areas on a Sunday morning and we just do a, a poor job at it, okay? And so underneath the umbrella of connections, right, here's the kind of the main things we gotta get done. On a Sunday morning, we, we wanna make sure that coffee gets brought down from the main building, right? We've got handouts that get printed out and make sure those are available for people. Um, we really need to have greeters, right? So we're all in here and we're all gathering and, and fellowshipping with one another, but man, if you're a guest and you just walk upstairs 
and there's nobody there to welcome you, like that can be a little bit uninviting. And so the intent would be that we would have somebody dedicated just to greeting people at the door as they come in, right? We want our members to feel that. We want certainly guests to feel that. Um, breakfast setup. So, so Tony and Carla really had that. We're very appreciative of that for every Sunday morning. I, I know I love grabbing breakfast on a Sunday morning. It's one less thing that I have to do at home. So thankful for that. That's a, that's a lot of work there as well. Um, if you want to, I know we have several ladies, um, Carla helps with that, um, but if you want to help more with that, you can see uh, Tony and, and Carla about that. And then another new kind of area for that is going to be security. So we have security for MBT, but as you guys kind of notice, when you come down here towards the building, uh, there's only so far that our security staff at MBT can see, right? And we want to make sure that people feel safe coming here on Sunday mornings, right? I know it's generally the sun's out, it's a little less intimidating than coming on maybe a Tuesday night, but um, that's something that we just wanna take responsibility, we wanna own, and so what we would like to do is have a guy every Sunday morning be able to kind of stand out front there just to make sure that people going back and forth between services get there and get there safely, okay? And so um, if you are interested in that, I'm looking for a, a male to head that up for us, and then they would really just work with getting other guys identified so that we could have you know, maybe one guy every Sunday morning and you won't be missing service to do that, okay? This is gonna be kind of during the first 20 minutes of our, of our service time and obviously you know, probably 10 to 15 minutes before that just to make sure that people are getting back and forth and you'd be outside, you'd also be a greeter, right? So your security, you're a greeter, uh, you kind of get to do all in one and, and think of this again under the umbrella of we wanna see people come to know Christ. We want to see people made disciples. We want to see people trained up. And so we can help facilitate that by making sure that they get to where they need to go safely and they are welcomed when they do that. Okay, so please see me if you are interested in doing that. Um, next is our outreach ministry. So, so Carla Rhodes really heads that for us. And that can be everything from birthdays and anniversaries, um, new babies when they come, weddings, uh, certainly bereavements. Carla does a, a fantastic job at making sure that, you know what, we, we identify those things, we recognize those things. When someone suffered loss, hey, we're, we're, we're getting a, a flowers and a card out the door letting them know that, hey, you know what, we understand you're going through something here. We want to know that we love you. We're here for you. And so uh, if you're interested in helping that, see Carla. Okay. The other thing I want to point out about that is that we have a lot of good-hearted people. And so something happens in life, maybe it's something good or maybe it's something bad, and everybody's like, hey, let's get a meal train set up. Let's go do this for them. Let's go do that for them. And man, I'm not criticizing that at all. Those, those are fantastic things. I love that you have a heart for that, right? But as a class, we want to make sure that, that always gets covered and it gets covered consistently Right? So we, we don't want to do one thing for one person and another thing for another person, right? So, okay, hey, so-and-so had a baby, and so we put on this huge baby shower for them, and then this person had a baby, and we just sent them a card in the mail, right? Like, you wouldn't necessarily feel well if that was happening to you. And so what we want to do is make sure that that works through Carla. Now, I know Carla. Carla is not a micromanager, and so if you work through Carla, she's more than happy to say, hey, yeah, you can do that. Here's what we consistently do when these things happen, right? Here's the kind of shower that we're going to put on. Here's what we're going to do to recognize this. Like, she'll just help direct you in the right direction for us as a class. Now, as individuals, 
you can do anything you want for anybody, right? Be as kind and loving as you want, but as a class, we want to be consistent and regular with what we're doing and how we're handling those things. And so I would ask that you always work through and with Carla to make sure those things happen, okay? Um, next is our AV team. So you can see those guys are in the back today. The most overlooked ministry that we have here at MBT, right? In today's um, culture, more and more people join us online. Sometimes you're busy and you're serving on a Sunday. Sometimes you just can't be here. And so we have... I mean, dozens and dozens of people that join us online live or throughout the week. And so what these guys are doing on a Sunday morning is critically important for us, okay? So we've got a, a subset of an AV team that's part of the bigger MBT team here. Jared Pruitt heads that up for us. We've got currently six people that help out with that, right? Um, we would like to add a minimum of two to four more people, right? So that Ideally, they serve one time a month and they're not having to serve multiple times a month. And so if you're interested in that, you don't have to have any kind of AV background, right? Jared and the team that we have are more than happy to work with you and train you on that. The great thing is, is that you don't have to miss service to do this, right? You're here with us. You just get to be in the back. It's much more than just putting a PowerPoint up on the screen too, right? Um, I can make a PowerPoint. I don't know if I could get it from that computer to here, right? But they will help direct you on how to do that. It's a very important ministry, not only for what we do on Sundays, but also throughout the week. And so if you're interested in that, please see Jared. We do uh, need a, a several more people to be part of that ministry, okay? Um, next, Lifeline. Okay, so we... Lifeline is fairly new to us, as Kenny said, right? This is, we're trusting God for this to be the official um, evangelism arm or evangelistic tool uh, for, for Life Fellowship here at MBT. Uh, Mark and Jonathan head that up for us. There's a, there's a lot that goes into that, and we're only trusting the Lord to continue to expand that over time. Um, again, it's, it's an evangelistic outreach. Um, right now, we're doing monthly blog posts for that. Um, that is not intended just for us. In fact, while, it, while we can read it and we can benefit from it, the intent is that we take those things and as we see them, we actually share that out, right? Because there are messages that, hey, you know what? This is just a short little post that, that might open someone up and expose them to what the Word of God is saying, right? And so we want to continue to promote that very well. Um, we don't want the same four guys writing those blog posts all the time, right? And so we're looking for people, I, I would say both male and female, that would be comfortable saying, hey, you know what? God is showing me some things in the Word, and I would love to be able to, to write that down. Now, the team will help you, right? We'll help you and direct you if we've got topics set up for that between Mark and Jonathan and, and the Lifeline team, we'll help direct that. But we are looking to get more people involved with that, right? There's a lot of people who are capable. You, you know a lot of things, right? God has taught you a lot of things. God's done a lot of work in your life. And others need to hear that, right? And so we'd love for, to invite you to be part of that. Again, please see uh, Mark and Jonathan for more information on that. They also are, are helping to put together special events. That's why Lifeline is really heading up our Easter celebration here in a few weeks. Um, next is our, our uh, Bible studies. So we have several small group leaders throughout um, Life Fellowship here. Again, we're going to be hitting on more of that in the future. But, but Rich 
is really tasked with kind of overseeing and communicating with our Bible studies, right? One of the things that Rich is going to be doing going forward is the goals that Kenny put up on the screen. We want to continue to envision and impress that upon our Bible study leaders so that those become the reality of our Bible studies, okay? And so Rich really heads that up. Um, if you want to help Rich or be part of that, just speak with him on that. Um, our prayer ministry. So this is relatively new, you know, in terms of how long we've been around, but we pray on Friday mornings. And if you haven't been part of that, it's fantastic. Um, Keith heads that up for us. I'm so thankful for Keith and his investment that he's made there. Um, that continues to grow. I feel like every Friday morning, it feels like we got new people on. Um, we work through some challenges and things with that that happens. It's technology, it's Friday morning, it's early, things happen, but it's a great time. Um, we, we have somebody who gives a short devotional. Um, we're trying to kind of whittle those down to keep those like two, three minutes, but it's a short devotional. It's a focus for us on Friday mornings so that we can pray God's word and God's promises back to God. And we've been praying for the lost on Friday mornings. We've had a specific focus on those coming with us with Easter. And so I know people have different schedules. I know not everybody can make it. And if you can't, be at peace with that. But if you can, I know 6.30 is a little early, right? Not for Kenny, but for some of you, it's a little early. But it's great. Uh, my Friday mornings are, it, my Fridays are the best day of the week. Not only because it's Friday, but I'm convinced it's because of Friday morning prayer. So, so join us on that. We're also looking for a couple more guys to help lead devotionals with that. And so please speak with Keith. If you're a male and you're not currently involved in that, you say, hey, once every two months, I could do a two or three minute devotional, right? I could take a verse that God showed me in scripture and, and just share that with someone and encourage us how to pray. Like, that's what we're looking for. And so speak with Keith if you've got questions about that, if you're interested in that. Um, special projects. This is kind of a, a catch-all. We, we do a bunch of uh, different things here. You know, we had the ladies' bake night here a few weeks ago. You've got the Boston ladies' Zoom night. We need to get some male hangout nights. So uh, that probably falls on me. Rachel does a much better job of getting the ladies together. At some point, we're going to have a males just get together. We're going to do something manly just to get the guys together. We'll have to think about that. Um, we are going to be doing a, a Life Lake Day. So we used to do these. We, we kind of took a break with COVID and everything up in the air. Uh, we're going to get one of those back on the calendar this summer. We're looking at dates in June right now. And so as soon as we get that nailed down, we'll advertise that. That's uh, for those of you who have been here with us a while. It's a, it's a great time. We have a, an all day kind of lake event where you can come up and swim and cook hot dogs and hamburgers and, and just fellowship and enjoy each other. So more to come on some of that stuff. And then, uh, Last but not least, right, is our clean team. Um, Jared and Mike head that up. That's, uh, it's once every other month, right? We get to come in here and we get to clean the building so that it's safe, clean, and ready. You know, I, I actually got caught by <laughs> Pastor Sam, a handful of us did this morning, and uh, I think Sam came into the church this morning and there was stuff piled up everywhere, which tends to happen, right? We get reminded of this about every six months. Kenny's probably aware of this, like, about every six months, we start to let our guard down and then, you know, I don't really know where this goes, so it goes here in the corner. And then enough things go in the corner that all of a sudden on a Sunday morning, like traffic is getting blocked in a corner, right? And so it was a reminder of, hey, you know what? Something we need to be sharing with all of our ministry leads is pick up after yourself. Your mama doesn't live here, right? Like, <laughs> so 
was like message heard, <laughs> message received, message will be delivered, right? And so uh, we do get to clean the church, but we also want to make sure that we're always looking out. Um, you know, something that, that Kenny and, and Sam and others have said to me before is like, you don't have to be told to do something. If you see a need, just jump in and do it, right? Like, like Tuesday nights, I will frequently notice the trash cans are overflowing, right? Because people are eating food. No one has to tell me to go dump the trash. Like, I see it. It's pouring out onto the floor. And so it's like, I can, I can wrap up a trash bag. I know how to do that. And so that's what I'm going to do. Like, if we all do that, we make sure this place is safe, clean, and ready on Sunday mornings, okay? So we're about out of time. Um, that's kind of our ministry umbrellas. Please see me or the other ministry leads if you have an interest. I know everybody here is involved with a lot, okay? Um, so this isn't to, to guilt anybody into this. I... I what I do think is awesome is that most of the ministries we do have here in life, you get to do while you're in class. So we're not asking anybody to miss Sunday any more than you already are for the ministries you serve in, okay? Um, with that, I want to leave us with one, one thing. Um, so this week I've been, you know, in my own personal reading and studying time, uh, the Lord's kind of shown me some things in and I thought, you know what, that's not only something that I need to hear from the Lord. I think it's something that we as a class need to hear from the Lord. And so if you've got your Bibles, really quickly, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. All right, and, uh, and I've been meditating really on this verse all week long. You know, it, it, it says here that, that God is looking for something. God is actively seeking something and what he's looking for, what he's seeking after is those whose heart would be perfect toward him. Right? Because God desires to show himself strong on their behalf. And I thought, man, what an amazing thing, right? I think sometimes we pray and it's like, man, I got to convince God somehow to get out of bed and act on his promises of his word. Right? God's just so busy. I got to somehow convince God to do what God said he was going to do. And it's like, no, God's like, man, I desire to show myself strong on your behalf. You know those people that you're praying for? I desire to show myself strong. You know, you didn't think they were going to come. I desire to work the circumstances in their lives and to soften their heart and to open them up to hear and receive the words that you're going to share for them. I desire to do what you can't do to show myself strong on your behalf. But I am looking for something, and what God is looking for is those whose heart would be perfect towards him. Now, we don't have time to look at all that this morning, but when you study that out, it's really pretty clear what God wants and what, what he means by a perfect heart, right? That word, it, it means complete, it means full. But when you look at that, God is simply looking for people that will walk in accordance with his commands, right? That are going to be submissive to what, what his word says becomes reality of my own life, right? I desire that personal walk, that holiness with the Lord, 
right? The, the, the second thing that goes into that is that, you know what, it would be a heart that would be free from idols, right? Anything that would usurp God's authority or God's place over your life, right? That would be the, the idols would keep us from having a perfect heart before the Lord. It would be a willing heart. Hey, I'm not doing any. What I do on Sunday mornings isn't to impress Pastor Morgan, It's not to impress Pastor Sam. It's not to impress any of you. It's not because I have to. It's because I get to serve the Lord. And the last thing, it is a heart that is actively seeking God. God's like, I'm seeking you. I just want you to seek me too. And I'm convinced that as a class, if we were all unified and just having a perfect heart before the Lord, hey, we're going to we're going to give ourselves to just following the Lord according to his commands. We're going to rid ourselves of those things that, you know what, usurp God in our lives. We're going to willingly serve him and we're going to seek him that God is ready to and will act strong on our behalf. And I'm praying that for Easter. I'm praying that for everything that God is doing in this class um, I'm so thankful to be part of it. I'm so thankful for the people that are here. This is, uh, it's truly a privilege. And so with that, I'm going to pray. We're, we're already past time. Um, thank you guys for this morning. If, again, if you have any questions about ministry areas, feel free to seek me or your other ministry leaders. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you again for the things that you've seen, the vision that you've given us. Um, Lord, we love you. We're so thankful to be part of anything that you're doing. God, that you would use us. It's not a chore for us. It's a privilege for us. And so, God, would you incline our hearts unto you and unto your words. And, and Lord, we desperately desire your presence with us. We desperately desire to, for you to, to show yourself strong among us. And so, Lord, any areas where we've fallen short on those, Lord, if we harbor idols in our heart, if we're walking in disobedience to your word, Lord, if we're doing things out of a wrong heart, Lord, if we failed to seek you, Lord, forgive us and help us to get that right. Lord, we want to have a perfect heart before you. And we want you to show yourself strong, not only on our behalf, but on behalf of those that, Lord, you wish to work through us for. Lord, we love you and we ask these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.